Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. My name is Riley Clark, and today I am accompanied by no one but your ears. <laughs> uh, this is episode 76 of What Goes Bump in the Night, and uh, today I'm doing a solo episode because with Thanksgiving, we unfortunately didn't have a chance to get into the studio, and after much debate, we just kind of decided today that we were just going to put out a solo episode. Um, to kind of touch bases on a couple of really exciting things that we have coming up in the near future uh, that would be actually this week. Um, December 3rd, as you may have heard in our last previous episodes, we are going to be doing the IndiePods United Summit once again, and we will be headlining the main event of the first day, uh, which will be 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And we're super excited to be given that honor two years in a row. Uh, it's something that we kind of just absolutely adore. And the fact that, you know, it's the second year and we get to kind of keep our time slot is really awesome. So shout out to Tina for allowing us to be able to uh, have that spot and uh, be able to do it again for a second year. Um, we also have a lot of friends that are going to be in the IndiePods United uh, Summit. Uh, that you should definitely check out, um, including Eric Freeman Sims, Sims sorry, uh, from the Unseen Paranormal Podcast. He's actually the time slot before us, uh, so he's going to be warming up uh, your spiritual minds uh, for, for his show for sure. Uh, and then actually just recently today, he had reached out to me and it asked me and Trevor, presumably, to join the paranormal panel which will be taking place on saturday at 12 30 to 1 um which is the 12 4 december 4th so we're super excited to be able to you know sit in with a bunch of other paranormal podcasters and investigators and of the like and just kind of hear what they have to say and hear what you guys have to say because we will of course be able to communicate with you amazing viewers uh, live and direct via chat. So that'll be super cool. And we'll actually also have the ability to have you, if you have the ability to as well, uh, actually you know, join you in uh, via video chat as well. Um, so that's super cool. Um, again, uh, shout out to Tina for putting on the event and working so hard and involving so many sponsors and allowing us to, to have this amazing platform every year to, uh, you know, put out our our podcast and have some some new eyes touch bases with it, and you know, help podcast listeners find some new shows that they didn't know were maybe out there. So it's really exciting. And on top of that, there's a lot of live music performances. Some people had some crazy, crazy good uh, directing going on, and seemed ridiculously professional, which was really awesome and great to see that everyone you know cares about this event and wants to give the viewers the the best show and the best event that they can possibly have. Uh, with that being said, uh, this is episode 76. Uh, I already said that in these three minutes. 
I apologize. Again, episode 76, and we are back to the No Sleep Reddit forum where we are going to try and find out if this story bumps or not. So without further ado, let's jump right on to this story titled, I Investigate UFO Crashes. We Are All in Danger by Mike Jesus. I don't trust the government. Never did. Folks talk about how we're in a democracy, how we, the people, make the decisions of the state. But if that was true, then there wouldn't be a pitch-perfect correlation between campaign financing and successful elections. Our politicians are dependent on the money of all the lobbyists who, in turn, suckle at the teat of a corporate superorganism. The mindless hierarchy of multi cooperants doesn't care about substantial substantiality or justice. It cares about profits. Every election is just set dressing for the next couple four years of quarterly reports. I don't trust the government. I trust them even less about UFOs. The government is here to sustain the status quo. Why would they even be honest about something that would shake our society at its foundation? Why would it ever admit that we are not the only form of intelligent life in this universe? Roswell, Kecksburg, Westfall, a thousand others. Why would the corporate puppets ever give us the real explanation? Why would the government ever treat us like responsible adults? That's why I live in a cabin, as far away from the tax man as I can. That's why I keep an eye on the sky. I moved out here to keep them accountable. I always thought that once I would catch the powers to be in a lie, I would get some answers, not just for me, but for all of us. Yet, now that I have finally unearthed a conspiracy, I don't feel any amount of joy or clarity. After what I have lived through this week, I feel genuine fear. I don't trust the government to govern, and I certainly don't trust them to contain the horrors I found. It started as most crash reports do on the message boards. These among us that watch the sky and those among us that watch the social feeds found something in common. The sky watchers located two explosions high up on the edges of Earth's atmosphere. The newsfeed folk noticed a strange amount of chatter coming from Central Asia. It didn't take long for the story to stick together. Two objects were launched into space from some old science facility in the post-Soviet republics. Presumably, they were shot down by the powers that before they could get there, they were going and the debris was left to fall back to Earth. There was absolutely zero mention of this on the news feeds, but that's the way these things usually go. The corporate elite wouldn't let information like that slip. They wouldn't want independent minds venturing out to see the remains of an unidentified flying object that was shot down. That's where the message boards come in. With a general idea of the launch site and triangulated reports of where the objects were shot down, we managed to put together a rough 
map of where remnants of the wreckage would land. The object was shot high enough into the air to spread most of the debris out into space, but a couple dozen chucks were destined to fall to the ground. All it took was a map and some math to figure out where the space debris was destined to land. It wasn't the first time that something was meant to have crashed into the woods which surrounded my cabin, and with that being the case, I kept the, my expectations low. I took my shotgun and a couple extra shells. If I wasn't going to find any government secrets, I could at least catch myself a rabbit or two. In the 10 years that I've stayed in my cabin, I've only returned with rabbits. I didn't have particularly high expectations to find anything else. The whole trip was just a nice walk in the woods for me until I saw a sign of impact. It wasn't far off the trail. A couple of broken trees and some torn up bushes pointed the way. The closer I got, the more the air smelled like burnt meat. I'd finally found something the government was hiding from me. A chunk of what seemed like a rocket. The metal was singed with re-entry burns, but bits of the paint were still intact. The rocket was originally bright red. Off the edges of the paint, I could spy the beginnings of a star and sickle, yet I could also spy something else. A different shade of red from beneath the rocket chunk. A heavy tail of blood led into the forest. I documented the wreckage to the best of my abilities. The closer I got with the camera, the more I could see that the blood wasn't coming from something beneath the wreckage. It came from inside the metal casing. Once I had gotten adequate evidence that the Soviet rocket chunk had indeed crashed into the forest 30 years after the Cold War ended, I flipped the debris over. The smell of burnt flesh grew tenfold. On the inside of the rocket, there were chunks of what seemed like burnt steak. Around the bits of meat, like tenderloins or arteries, small indentations into the metal spread from the spots where the black meat sat. I took pictures of the other side of the rocket chunk, then I followed the bloody trail. I was far too excited. My whole life I had been waiting to find a UFO, and even though finding a secret Soviet rocket chunk was not the same thing, it was the next best thing. For 10 years, I was certain that the elite were hiding something from me. I have never doubted it, but now I had the evidence. After a life of being called crazy, I was finally vindicated. I was happy. Not once did I question whether following that trail of blood was a good idea. The crimson marks started to grow faster but fresher. They led me to a rabbit burrow coated with blood. My phone's flashlight didn't reveal anything other than wet dirt. I knew I better to stick my hand in the hole. Instead, I walked over to the burrow and stumped. Sometimes wounded animals get panicked enough to escape their hiding spots when they felt endangered. I figured that whatever was hiding inside of the hole might do the same. The ground beneath me rumbled so gently. Something was moving in the burrow. I trained my shotgun at the exit. Of course, I would prefer to catch whatever was hiding in the hole alive, but I wasn't going to let it get away, dead or alive. It would serve as evidence that me and other people 
like me are not insane. I stomped again. More rustling came from beneath my feet. Something was trying to get out. I stomped once more. Heard a pop out of the hole. At first sight, the creature looked like an oversized rabbit with bloated skin and mangled fur. Yet, the moment the creature turned to face me, I knew I was dealing with something well outside the realm of animals. Two mismatched black eyes stared at me from a bloody snout. Three long strands of pulsing flesh hung from its mouth. The creature leaped at me with a thrusty growl. I filled its face with buckshot. The horrid rabbit was propelled backwards by the blast. The creature looked like a Play-Doh model, but together, put together by an infant. Its long, mismatched limbs twisted on the forest floor. My shot was straight. I was pretty sure the beast was on its way out. I lowered my shotgun. Suddenly, the animal was on its feet. A face of blood and raw flesh stared back at me with uneven eyes. Before I could even lift the gun, the creature was in the air. Those three strands of meat met my right shoulder like a dagger. They went through the bone, straight to the bone. The raw pain surging through my body made the world a burning blur, yet the pain helped in a way. It triggered the thousands of dollars of world-class survival classes I had taken. In one swift motion, I pulled the shotgun to my right shoulder and hooked my numb finger over the trigger. The creature flew once more, but when it hit a nearby tree, it went completely limp. My right hand was completely numb, but with the cocktail of adrenaline and agony burning through my body, I somehow managed to eject the shell and plant new ones. I shot the limp body of the malformed rabbit one more time, just in case. It didn't move again. The last thing I wanted to do was call the police. The message boards were considerably more trustworthy and organized, yet phone data so far off from 5G towers is a rarity. The closest internet connection was back at my cabin. Not wanting to leave the mess of foreign life unguarded, I called the only number my phone was able to call. At first, I thought my phone simply didn't work. I couldn't hear anything from the other side. That's when I realized there was blood coming out of my right ear. The shotgun blast had incapitated the rabbit, but it also knocked out half of my hearing. There was a bit of blood on the screen, but then I switched the phone over to my left ear and I could hear the dial tone reasonably well. The police were not helpful. It took nearly an hour to pass me around to someone who didn't think I was crazy. The moment I started talking about the remnants of a Soviet-era rocket, however, my phone journey quickened. I was connected over to a man who didn't introduce himself or ask for details about my findings. He simply said he would send a retrieval team over as soon as possible. When I asked him if he needed my coordinates, he told me my phone would give him all the information he needed. Then he hung up. The creature was moving again. The movement was much less pronounced than before. I didn't notice it until I hung up the phone, but like wet clay squeezed into a rabbit skin, the flesh 
of the creature started to slowly seep out. I uploaded another blast into the creature and refilled the cartridges. It stopped moving, for a while at least. There wasn't enough shells in my jacket to make me feel safe. There wasn't any amount of ammo in the world that would make me feel safe. For hours I sat with the creature, shooting it whenever the flesh started to bubble once again. The intervals became movement grew longer and longer, yet that didn't change, the fact that the beast refused to die. Blood from my ear was spilling out to my shoulder, yet there was no wound where the rabbit had bitten me. My clothes were torn, but the skin where the rabbit's fleshy teeth cut to my bone looked untouched. I decided not to worry myself about the wound. I decided to only worry about the mass of invincible flesh that was bubbling before me. I emptied my last shell into the creature just as the sun was setting. By then it looked like less like an animal and more like ground beef rolled up around in a helping of blood and twigs. My nerves were starting to get the better of me. I was starting to consider running back for more ammo or abandoning the abominated of flesh entirely. That's when they showed up. With flashlights beaming from their heads, they made their way through the coming darkness. There were three of them. Two wore rifles around their shoulders and the third carried some sort of glass box. The moment they saw me, they raised their weapons. Their voices were not calm. Seeing that a mass of flesh made them just as nervous as I was. The spook with the glass box went about containing the creature, but my attention was wrapped up in the guns. I dropped my empty shotgun. This gesture of goodwill did nothing to appease the government men. They argued amongst themselves in hushed voices, yet voices I could hear regardless. One of them was insistent on me being shot. I saw too much. I knew too much. The other refused to execute a civilian. It pains me to say this, but I begged. I had moved away from civilization so that I could live free without the government's hands in my business. Yet, I still ended up begging those jackboot enforcers of the startup status quo to let me live. The merciful one took away my phone and made me promise I would never tell anyone about what about I had seen. I knew I would be writing a report on the message boards the moment I came home, but it wasn't until the hazmat troops started to leave that I decided to inform the wider public. I told them about the other impact sites we had mapped out. I warned them of the potential danger of those flesh creatures going unchecked. They ignored me. They simply thanked me for my services to my community and left. The beast of flesh stirred in the glass container as they walked away. After seeing that mess of arteries and blood, I have trouble sleeping. Whatever that thing was, it wasn't something that was meant for human eyes. A persistent throbbing pain in my right shoulder has always made things difficult. Yet the thing that makes me sleep Impossible the most is the thoughts of the future. 
I've tried reaching out. I have tried sending them the map of potential impact sites, but no one will listen to me. Even on the message boards, I'm mocked without proper evidence of what I've found. Only a select few are willing to believe me. Yet, it's not the disbelief of the others that is keeping me awake. It's the thoughts of the future. It's the thoughts of dozens of strands of flesh crashing down onto our planet unchecked. I don't trust the government. I never have. I don't trust them to govern. And I certainly don't trust them to contain the beings of flesh that have fallen from the sky. The end. Alrighty, so I really like that story. I had a lot of fun reading it. Um, an alien that's just a blob of flesh is a very interesting thought. I think aliens definitely could take on many different forms, and some of them might not make sense to us, like, logically. I mean, he said it was some rabbit-looking thing, but, like, after he kills it, it's just weird flesh moving around and stuff. I don't know. The chemical makeup of an alien is going to be completely different than ours. So maybe, you know, they have some skin that is like self-rejuvenating or something like that. I don't know. I feel like it's a highly possibility. I mean, we already have species on Earth that can regrow their tails and things like that. So... I mean, it's not that far, not that far outlandish. You, you think about some of the crazy things that animals on Earth can do and just apply it to the possibilities of what an alien potentially could be. And you mix it with like human DNA or whatever. Like what are what could change? How many different evolutions of life forms are out there? So, you know what? I'm going to get it. This story, the bump horn, because I thought it was really good. I've never really heard of an alien story quite like that one. Um, super interesting. It had some scary aspects to it as well with the crazy creature attacking him and stuff. You never know what's going to happen in stories like that. We want to continue to thank you night crew for continuously supporting us through these past three years of doing the podcast uh the anniversary of the show is actually next month so of course we're gonna have something super dope and exciting planned for the four-year anniversary of what goes bump the night it's super exciting uh also coming up very soon episode 100 can you believe it uh the bumpies will be back so get ready for some polls to start showing up on our Facebook page so that you can help us uh, vote some winners for the Bumpies. And we'll be announcing uh, those topics. Um, I guess not topics, but like categories for awards um, again and announcing more of what's going to be going on with that. Because as we said before, we plan on doing some type of live stream uh, for episode 100. So that's going to be super exciting. Um, you know, with the winter coming up and everything like that, and not being able to go uh, do paranormal investigations like at cemeteries like we were doing this fall. Um, we're, we're really not having too many opportunities to go investigate uh, places indoors or even get out and do investigations, honestly, right now with um, my hockey season. But, of course, 
when all of those things clear up in our schedules, um, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more of that stuff. But this winter, definitely expect, you know, us to be doing some live streams and having opportunities for you guys to sit in and chat with us while we're, we're doing an episode. Um, we've done it in the past and it's always been super fun. We're going to be doing it this Friday. We hope you can join us. Um, again, if you want to know how to find this, there will be links in our description um, or just go out and check out our Facebook page. There's always links in tags to go click on to help you find all this kinds of information. Or if you're having trouble, feel free to message us and we'll gladly explain and send whatever you will need to access the show. Um, of course, on the day of the event, be looking for links that day for when the episode will be premiering um, when we go live. And I guess probably a day after or a couple days after, I'll, I'll get the audio and release it as a podcast as well. So that you people who don't have a chance to, to watch us live, you'll have a chance to at least listen to uh, the the live stream. <laughs> um, it's a lot harder to do a podcast by yourself. So Trevor, when you listen to this, this is a lot more difficult because he's probably going to be doing some solo episodes as well. Something that we're going to be trying to add into the show as well. See what you guys think. Um, and just keep trying, you know, new aspects and new things so that we're not rinse and repeat every single week when you come and listen to us because that's very important for us to, to be different and be able to show our versatility and um, our comfortability with you guys and let you know that, like, we actually do care. We love you guys so much, like, every day checking the stats. It's crazy how much of a reaction, you know, we get out of people uh, when we release a new episode and people who I can only imagine are going back and finishing episodes that they haven't had a chance to finish and stuff like it's freaking amazing. And um, if you have any topics that you'd like for us to cover or a story you wrote or a story you've read that you think would be great for the podcast, feel free to message us uh, on Facebook or email us at what goes bump podcast at gmail.com. Um, or message us on Instagram, what goes bump pod. Um, you know, like you can find us on Spotify, you can find us on Apple Music, you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Pandora, uh, you can find us on super old episodes on SoundCloud. Uh, basically, literally anywhere you listen to things, you can find us. With that being said, we're gonna put out the fire for tonight. I want to thank you all for joining me on What Goes Bump Tonight. And remember to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes bump in the night. Thank you.